he holds back. You can tell he's holding back. But uh, I love that song. It's a great song. And, and uh, Philippians chapter number three this morning. Philippians chapter three. We do have several things going on, and I uh, hope you will uh, mark your calendar. Uh, of course, on the uh, 11th, we do have um, the adult Christmas party that's going to be here uh, at the church uh, over in the fellowship hall, and um, and then on the um, uh, the 5th uh, is uh, over also in the fellowship hall is the, I'm, I'm not on? I am red. Nothing. I have nothing. Technical difficulties. forward uh, to the Christmas season uh, for a couple reasons. Uh, one of the reasons is um, the time we celebrated our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, of course, and then another reason is the cold finally gets here. And uh, so uh, praise the Lord uh, for a little bit of cold and um, not so hot all the time. And so uh, great uh, time uh, of the year. Philippians chapter number three this morning. And I want to read a couple verses to you and um, uh, preach uh, a message uh, I've entitled uh, Church. We need to keep pressing on. We need to keep pressing on. Verse 13. Uh, of Philippians chapter number 3. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I press toward the mark. If you mark your Bibles, mark that word press. It literally means constant and steady. Constant and steady. I press toward the mark. Let me tell you what the church needs today more than ever before. We need to be constant and steady. Let me tell you what church people need the church to be. Constant and steady. Let me tell you what the world needs the church to be. It needs to be constant and steady. I mean, that's what the world needs. The world 
doesn't need another country club. The world doesn't need another uh, humanitarian group. The church and the world needs the church to be the church that God has called it to be. And so uh, we see that here in Philippians chapter 3, of course, uh, other passages of Scripture, as well as uh, we think about this uh, pressing on. You know, there's constantly things happening. Constantly things happening around the world. Do you know, all, you know we, sometimes we say, you know, things are, I mean, things are happening more and more today than they ever have before. And in a way they are. But I am here to tell you, one of the reasons we think that is because of social media, because of international news. Now we know things that are happening across the ocean that we, ne- we didn't know before. We didn't know those things before. When somebody is sick, we now, everybody knows that they're sick. Wow, push of a button, right? And so the whole, the, ultimately the whole world uh, can know. And so uh, things have always happened. Things have always come around. And, uh, you know, this COVID-19 is uh, an example of that, of that situation. Things, you know, things come around. Sicknesses come around. And just when you think it's over, right? I mean, just when you think, okay, this is past. Well, something else comes up. I, I believe they're calling it Omicron or whatever it is in South Africa now and where there's a new strand of the... Uh, of the um, uh, of the COVID, and, and it just, it's it just, you get past this, and by the way, barring the Lord Jesus coming, you're going to get past this, right? Everything that comes uh, in life passes, but guess what? Something else is going to come up, and then guess what? Something else is going to come up, so you have a choice. O. Lee Robertson, anybody remember O. Lee Robertson? Uh, Highland Park Baptist Church, uh, and um, what a man of God! He preached up into his nineties, and uh, and uh, just a just a just a great man. He wrote several books. One of the books he wrote was uh, uh, "Quitters Never Win and Winners Never Quit." Simple, simple thought, simple idea, but what a truth that is! Listen, the church. And we as Christians have a choice. We can either keep pressing on for the Lord Jesus Christ, or we can give up. We can quit. We can say, you know what? It's not worth it. Because you know what? You get a choice. You decided this morning whether you were going to come to church or not. As an adult, you get to make that decision whether you want to come to church or whether you don't want to come to church. Now listen, you have to... You have to live with the consequences of the decisions you make, but you still get to make your own decision whether you want to press on, whether you want to keep moving forward for the Lord Jesus, or you just want to give up. You know, it's unfortunate, but we're living in a day today where it's just, a lot of people are just giving up. And let me tell you why people are just giving up. Number one, they're discouraged. And discouragement can often lead to depression. And depression often and most of the time leads to giving up. And so we, we, we give up because we're discouraged in the world that we're living in today. We, we give up because it's too hard. We want everything to be easy. We want everything to be Listen, when we go through a drive-thru, we don't want to wait for our food. <laughs> 
We want our food instantly. Matter of fact, there's a lot of drive-thrus, there's a lot of uh, restaurant drive-thrus that have time in. And they're, they've got to be a, under a certain time now. There's some of them, you could forget it. I mean, don't even go, you might as well go to, 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 to a steakhouse. You'll get your food faster than, you know, some of these places. But, you know, what do you want? You want to go through, you want to get your food, you want to go. If you wanted to wait, you'd sit down, right? And so, we don't, we don't want to wait for anything more. We want old changes that are very fast. You know, you advertise, see those advertised now. We want car washes that are very fast. We want everything quick and easy. Quick and easy. And sometimes the Christian life's not easy. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's difficult. Do you know, if it was easy, if it was easy to be holy, everybody would be holy. <laughs> but it's not easy. It's diff- just because you get saved, just because you trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, doesn't mean you automatically become holy. Now, positionally, we get it, right? Positionally, we're perfect, we're holy in Christ. But practically, it takes work. It takes work to be holy. It takes work to make the right decisions. It takes work to decide to go in the right direction. And I'm here to tell you, it's not easy. And so you know what a lot of people have done? They just quit. They face a little bit of persecution and they quit. I'm done. I'm done. You know, this person made fun of me, or, or, my, or my family didn't like this, or, or whatever. We just, it's just too easy to quit anymore. We quit on relationships, we quit on marriages, we quit on church, we quit, we quit on holy things. We, there's so many things that we quit on today that we just give up and turn our back on. But God says, I need you to press forward. I need you to be constant and steady. I need you... To press on. So as I was thinking about the subjects, and I was thinking about there in verse 14, I press uh, constant and steady toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. As I was thinking about pressing forward, if we're going to successfully press forward, now I want you to know, some people are pressing forward, but they're just going through the motions. You ever met... You ever met those people? I mean, they're just going through the motions. Why are you going to church? I don't know. It's what I've always done. Why, why do you pray? I don't know. I mean, I just pray for my food and I pray before I go to bed because that's, that's what I've always done. Sometimes we do things and we don't even know why we do them. Do you know, do you know this? The average church member that's in a Baptist church, if you ask them why they were Baptist... Let me tell you why they, there's two reasons that they say they're Baptist. Number one, I go to a Baptist church. That's the easy one. Here's the second one. I'm a Baptist because John was a Baptist. If you say that, stop saying that. Okay. John was a baptizer. Okay. John the Baptist. And so John was a Baptist. I'm a Baptist. And I'm a, but why are you a Baptist? Why do you believe what you believe? Why do you stand where you stand? Why do you do what you do? And sometimes in life, people are just walking around aimless. They have no idea why they're doing what they're doing. They have no idea what direction they're going in. And sometimes all they're living is right here. This is it. I'm living for the next step. I'm living for, okay, once I make that step, then I'll make the next step. Which in some things, okay, but some things, not so much. God 
talks about having goals. God talks about uh, uh, having direction in our lives. And we need to press forward. How do we do that? Let me give you a couple things uh, by, uh, by way of uh, uh, pressing on. Number one, we need to be forgetful. Amen. We need to be forgetful. Now, some of you say, man, I nailed that one. I mean, I got it. I forget everything. I'm here to tell you, I'm with you. Okay? I can't, I, if I don't write it down... In one ear, right out the other. I mean, I just, uh, over my head, if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't happen. I'm that guy, okay? I'm not talking about forgetting everything, okay? I'm talking about forgetting some specific things that God says we need to forget. Our problem with moving forward is we can't let go of the past. You hear me? That's simple. The problem with moving forward and why we can't move forward is we cannot let go of the past. There are some things that we need to let go and let God. There's some things that we've got to forget those things that are in the past. Let me tell you what the devil will do. He will beat you up over your past. You call yourself a Christian? Devil devil will say, I'm not talking about audibly, but is he ever... You ever put that in your mind? Boy, you remember what you used to be? By the way, I do remember what I used to be, and I'm thankful for the grace of God in my life. And so I I know about what I used to be, and I know where I used to be, but I'm telling you something, I don't hold on to what I used to be. I don't look back and say, you know what? I wish I would have done this better. Do you you ever do that? Do you have anybody have adult children? Most of us, right? You ever look back and say to yourself, man, I wish I would have done that different? I probably could have tweaked this. I probably could have changed that. I probably could have handled that situation a little bit better. Some of you that have young children, you'll get that later. I mean, because when you're in it, you think to yourself, nobody, nobody parents better than I do. I mean, I mean, come on. When my, kid, my, my children were growing up, Start with Kyle. Kyle was the first one. Emma was the last one. Kyle, bless his heart. I think he got spanked every day. I don't think Emma ever got a spanking. Ever. I mean, Kyle, I was in school and working and I barely saw the boy when he was a baby. Emma, I rocked her to sleep every night four years straight. Rot. And spoiled. By the way, all my children are spoiled rotten. And guess what? Probably your children are spoiled rotten as well. Sometimes we don't want to admit it, but when we're in it, it's one thing. And when we get here, hindsight is what? It always is. Because you can always look back and think, well, I should have changed this and I should. Well, if I could just go back. Let me tell you something, folks. I have no desire of going back. No desire. Why? Because, boy, I made my mistakes the first time. I'm afraid how many more mistakes I'd make the second time. And so I'm glad I'm, I'm where I'm at today. God brought me to where I'm at today. But I'm here to tell you, you can remember the things in the past, but there are some things you need to forget. You need to leave them in your past. Number one, you need to forget your past failures. You need to, you need to, quit, your, you need to quit beating yourself up. Forgetting those things which are behind. They're gone. You can't redo it. You can't make a different decision. 
That's why we say all the time, listen, we've got to pay attention. We've got to have wisdom. We've got, uh, 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 we got to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. We've got to watch our eyes and watch our ears and watch our mouth. Why? Because once you make a decision, it's made. Amen. Once you speak something, it spoke. You can't, you can't put it back. You can't rewind. And so once it's out, it's out. And so two things about that. One, be careful what you say. And number two, once it's out, it's out. Take care of it and move forward. I got a little sign on my, on my uh, desk in my office that says, uh, build a bridge and get over it. Just, just get over it. And sometimes we are so hard on ourselves. Now, we believe in the forgiveness of God, don't we? We believe in the forgiveness of God. I'm so thankful for God's forgiveness in my life. By the way, without the forgiveness of God, there's no salvation. So if you're not forgiven, then you need to get saved. Because when He forgives us, He forgives us past, present, future. All of our sins are under the blood. He died for all of our sins. And praise the Lord for that. And it's complete in Christ. Now, I know there are things that we've got to handle, you know, when we when we sin in, in life, and but I'm telling you, it is under the blood. And I'm thankful for that today. And God forgives us. Here's our problem. Sometimes we can't forgive ourselves. Sometimes we beat ourselves up over maybe a silly decision we made. And maybe it was a bad decision. Maybe it was something that we shouldn't have done. Maybe it was something we shouldn't have said. But I'm going to tell you, if God has forgiven you, and if it's a, a, an issue with a, a person that's in your life and you've taken care of it with that person, then move on. Stop worrying about what happened and what, because you can't go back and change that. Sometimes we've done something and broke a relationship. It happens. It's unfortunate, but it happens. And if you do all that you can, and you do all that you can to mend that, and God has forgiven you, and you try to mend that with a person, and that person will not forgive you, you can't make somebody forgive you. Understand that. You can only do your part. And your part is, yes, forgiveness and forgiveness to other people, and yes, making things right. And when you've done that, move forward. Move on. Because our problem is, we don't, we get stuck in the past, and we get stuck with our, back, uh, our past failures, uh, and it's absolutely uh, a, a train wreck. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Right? Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So old things are gone, folks. Stop Stop thinking all the time about those past things and move forward. Forget your past failures. Number two, forget your past feelings. Your past feelings. <laughs> Too many people today live off their feelings. Well, let me tell you, what you said to me hurt my feelings. What you did hurt my feelings. And we wear our feelings right here in our sleeves. Now sometimes people are mean-spirited and sometimes people say things that are just ugly. And it does hurt your feelings. But I'm going to tell you something. 
If you live off your feelings, you're going to be a train wreck. A train wreck. Because our feelings are up and down. Sometimes we feel good, sometimes we feel bad. You can tell that in people. You can tell that in people in their attitude. Somebody's having a good day, man, they're smiling and they're talking. And they, sometimes they're having a bad day and you don't want to be anywhere near them. Because, quite frankly, when we feel bad, we want everybody else to feel bad too. Misery loves company. That's a fact. And so we, we get all these things in our lives and, and we, we live off our feelings. We ought not live off our feelings. We ought to live off of who we are in Christ. Who we are in Christ. And that matters more than anything else. Colossians chapter number 3. Colossians chapter 3 in, in, uh, in verse 12. Colossians 3 and verse 12. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Boy, you take, you take 12 and 13, put it on a plaque and stick it up in your household, it'll, it'll help with the relationships in your home. It'll help with relationships in the church. It'll help with relationships at work. It'll help with relationships in this world. If we stop living off of our feelings and start living off of the Word of God, you don't understand, preacher. She don't deserve to be forgiven. Let me tell you what that is. Feelings. You know why? Because we were hurt. We were cut deep. And boy, we... I mean, there ain't nothing you could... She's not coming off the list. And don't look smug. Everybody has a list. You might not have it written down, but I mean, some people that you don't want to be around, there's some people that done something to you. I mean, we've got this, these lists, and I'm telling you what we need to do. We need to write those we need to write those people down. We really do. And then we need to start marking them off when we get right with them. Because we shouldn't be quarreling with one another. We shouldn't be at aught with one another. There shouldn't be schisms in the church and divisions in the church just because they don't deserve to be forgiven. Let me tell you, let me clue you in on something. You don't deserve to be forgiven either. But God has forgiven you. Now, we expect God to forgive us. Because that's what God does, right? But God says you're supposed to take that same forgiveness that He has forgiven you with and forgive others. I'm, I'm here to tell you, it's one of the reasons people give up. Because that's not easy. That's not an easy thing to do. When, when somebody, maybe like in your family, says something against you or says something that's, that you don't like, and you can, you can either forgive or you can hold a grudge. It's up to you. But I'm here to tell you, 99 times out of 100, the grudge doesn't bother the other person. Now, it'll eat your lunch. It'll make you miserable. Every time you get around that person, man, you just, I mean, you just get angry and you just get mad and you just... But you know what you, know what you need to do? You need to let go of those feelings. You need to let go and let God. Let God take care of them and follow the tenets of the Word of God. We need to forget our past failures. We need to forget our past feelings. We need to forget 
Our past fruitfulness. Our past fruitfulness. Think about it. We so live in the past. We so live on our accomplishments of the past. The question is, what are you doing today? Okay, you used to do. And you used to do. We've got a lot of used to Christians. I got in my office. I've got things that I've, that I've got through the years. And, and uh, one of those things, I've shared it with you before, is a, is a bus. So it's a yellow bus and it's, a, it's on a, it's on a, um, it's on a, uh, a stand. And that bus was when we broke 50 on our bus. Or a hundred, one of the two, on our bus, and we kept splitting it. We had we were fifty-two. Our our route was fifty-two, and we went to fifty-two A, fifty-two B, and fifty-two C. We had to have three buses when I was in college, and we ran those buses and and picked up kids from everywhere. And we just and I got this bus. It's old. It's, it doesn't stay on there real well anymore. A little door that opens is kind of doesn't open real good anymore. The yellow's starting to fade a little bit. Because that's what happens from things in the past. Even past successes. I accomplished this. I did this. We take our accomplishments and we frame them and put them on a wall. Don't we? And look, look what I did. The question is, what are you doing now? But preacher, I can't do what I used to do. Yeah, I know, that's the problem. The problem is we're so worried about what we used to do and what we could do that we do nothing now because we can't do what we used to do. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, there are things that I used to do I can't do no more. There are things that I used to do that I won't do anymore. And I used to, I, you talk, I used to love the bungee jump. And when you're overseas... There's not a whole bunch of rules like there are here. I mean, I remember uh, over in England, and I, we, we bungee jumped, and it was at uh, one of the humongous fairs, and, and they just put a thing around your ankles, push you out. I'll tell you something, I won't even go up in it now, let alone jump out. We used to jump off bridges. All over the place where I'm from is covered bridges, beautiful covered bridges. You've seen them in Vermont and upstate New York and, and uh, be- beautiful bridges. We'd get out in the bridges. We'd go out the door. What did they put the door there? They put the door there for me to jump out of it, obviously. And so we'd open up the door. Well, that wasn't good enough. We'd go out the door. We'd climb up on the roof. We'd get to the peak of the roof. We'd run down off the roof, hit the end, and dive into the water. I mean, you're talking about dumb. Talk about dumb. Never thinking about how deep the water was, never thinking about nothing. You ever been underneath the bridge before? We used to get underneath those bridges and those great big concrete stanchions, and we'd get to the end of the concrete stanchion, and all those rocks would go off and would go down and go, and we'd go to the edge and we'd shallow dive. Hit our, hit our feet on the rock as we come, not even thinking that something could happen. Not even caring that something could happen. Let me tell you something. There are things that I've done in the past I'll never do again. Sometimes I, you succeed. Sometimes that you fail. But here's what they have in common. They're all in the past. They're all behind. Thank God for the grace of God. God was watching over me far before I was saved. I promise you. I'm like, some of the 
crazy things that I've done, some of the things I think back on, I'm glad that I've that I succeeded where I succeeded. I'm sad that I failed where I failed, but they have one thing in common, they're gone. They're over with, and we need to move forward. Holding on to past successes will often hinder our future service. Holding on to past successes will often hinder our future service because we have this idea. I had this years ago. You remember. You remember. Years ago, I had this girl tell me, this college girl, she was at a certain Christian college and, and she was taking college courses and when she came home, she didn't go to church. And so I said, that's interesting. You're going to a Christian college and when you're home, it's like, it's like Christians that go on vacation and don't go to church. And I think to myself, why are you, but, she, but an extended period of time. And I'm thinking to myself, why don't you go to church? Why aren't you coming to church? And this is what I was told. Listen, when I'm at college, I go to church so much. Basically, this is not the word she used, but basically I've banked enough church that when I'm home for the summer, I can take off. I'm thinking to myself, okay, wait, wait, wait a minute, hold on, hold on, say that again? Hold on, let me write that down because I, I'm really, really confused. You banked enough church? If, listen, by the way, if that's true, I'm good for the rest of my life. I mean... Some of us in here, we've been going to church a long, long time. You see, let me tell you something. You know what we're doing? We're living in the past. We're living at what we... Listen, you may have prayed yesterday, but you still need to pray today. You, you, you may have read God's Word yesterday, but you need to read God's Word today. This is ideal. Let me tell you, let me tell you, preacher, I, I brushed my teeth last week. Please brush them again today. If you're going to talk to me, please. I, t- I took a shower. La- you know, I took a shower last week. You know, do everybody a favor, right? There's some things that we need to do, and we need to do them every day. We need to do them often. We need to stay constant and steady. I am what I am, and have done what I've done. Paul said, simply by the grace of God. To God be the glory, great things He hath done. You see, God wants to continue to work in your life. God wants to continue to walk with you and talk with you. God wants to continue to use you in a mighty way. You see, we must more than ever be about our Father's business. I'm glad that you served God yesterday. And I'm glad that you did such and such a, 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 a month ago and a year ago and ten years ago. But if, but if that's all you're doing, I want you to know, if God wanted you to retire, you'd be the first to know. Because you'd be in His presence. You don't retire as a Christian. Now, you can retire in a position. You can retire as a pastor. You can retire as a missionary. You can retire as a Christian school teacher. You can retire, you can retire in, in the ministry position-wise, but you don't retire from being a Christian. So what do we need to do? We need to press on. We need to be constant and steady in our Christian walk. And one of the ways we need to do that is by being forgetful. The second way we need to do that is by being faithful. 
by being faithful. Look what he says. Brethren, I count on myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, they're behind us, they're in the past. And reaching forth unto those things which are before. Listen, we have got to be faithful to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We have got to be faithful. It is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. God requires that. You see, when you stand before a person, you can use excuses. When you stand before God, you are going to be without excuse. Nobody's going to be able to stand before God one day and say, well, you know, if you'd have just done such and such. You know, it's that, it's that woman that was given me. It started in the beginning, didn't it? You know what, you know what Adam was saying? Lord, if you gave me a different woman... Or maybe if you didn't give me a woman at all. You know what, God? It's your fault, not my fault. Is that not what Adam was saying? It was absolutely what Adam was saying. Excuses, excuses, excuses. But I'm telling you, one day we're going to stand before God, and if we have not been faithful, we are going to be without excuse. See, <clears throat> we all want to hear those words that we find in the Word of God. Well done. Thou good and faithful servant. But logic tells you. We don't, we don't need to have a theology degree. Logic tells you that you're going to hear those words if you have done well and you were faithful. Are there people that are going to go to heaven that have not done well and have not been faithful? Yes. Because if you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you are saved. Your sins are forgiven. That's what it takes to get to heaven. You see, it doesn't have anything to do with our works. It doesn't have anything to do with baptism, church membership, reading God's word, praying. It has nothing to do with any of those things. It has everything to do with placing your faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. If you do that, you're saved. If you do that, you're on your way to heaven. But I'm here to tell you that while you're here on earth, you're building a house, right? You're building a building. And some are building it out of wood, hay, and stubble. So the scripture says. So I don't know if you are familiar with fire, but you don't really have to be too familiar with fire to know that wood, hay, and stubble don't do good in fire. What happens to it? It burns up. And... By the way, our lives are going to be tested. Our testimonies are going to be tested by fire, the Scripture says. And so, God's expecting faithfulness out of you. Does God expect faithfulness out of the preacher? Absolutely. Does God expect faithfulness out of the associate pastor? Absolutely. Does God expect faithfulness out of the missionary? See, we expect faithfulness out of them. Don't we? For a missionary, we want what? Accountability. That's why they send their, that's why they send their, um, their letters to say what's going on there in the ministry. That's why many of them are either through a church or through a, uh, through a uh, missions agency. Why? Because of accountability. We expect faithfulness out of them. Isn't it interesting that we expect faithfulness out of them, but we don't expect faithfulness out of ourselves? Well, I'm here to tell you, if you don't expect faithfulness out of yourself... 
That's okay, but God will expect faithfulness out of you. He will. And one day, you're not going to stand before this preacher. One day, you're going to stand before God himself. And when you stand before God himself, you'll be without excuse. We've got the word of God. We have the preaching of the word of God. We have the spirit of God that lives inside of us. We've got the word of God. We have all these things. So we will one day be without excuse. God expects us to be faithful. He expects us to be faithful to study. 2 Timothy chapter 2, the Bible says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. God expects you to study. God expects you to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. God expects you to be a Berean. You know, when they got up and preached, you know what the Bereans did? They checked it out. You know what we call it today? Fact-checking. I'm wondering if he's, what he's saying is right. You ever thought that? You should. You should think that of any, any preacher that gets up, any speaker that gets up. You should study the Word of God so that when they say something that's not right, you say, hold on, wait a minute, that's not right. That's not right. You know another reason you should study? So that you can give an answer for the hope that lies within you. People come along in your life. God gives us the opportunity. They pass by our lives and we have the opportunity to invest in them. We have the opportunity to share the gospel with them. We have an opportunity to share the word of God with them. Now I'm not saying every person that comes by your life is going to be saved. But I'm telling you, we can plant a seed. We can water the seed. And we can't save anybody anyways. It's God that gives the increase. But we can do our part. But you can't do your part if you don't know the Word of God. And our problem is we're swayed with every wind of doctrine because we don't know the Word of God. And some crackpot preacher gets up and he starts preaching some other other truth or, or some other gospel. And by the way, if they preach some other gospel, the Bible says they ought to be anathema. That's what the Scripture says. You know what anathema means? It means accursed. I'm, not, I'm telling you, that's what the Bible says. And they're preaching some other gospel. You don't pat them on the head and say, God bless them. You don't even, you don't even bid them Godspeed. You mark them, the Scripture says. But you can't ever mark them if you don't know the Word of God. How do you think these TV evangelists and these supposed healers and all these people, how do you think they're so successful? Let me tell you, they're so successful because we're, we're half the time clueless that what they're saying is false. And so we're so excited that we're going to send them money and they're going to send us a, a, a prayer cloth that we hope that they didn't blow their nose on and, and, and throw, throw some seeds on the ground and all this other gar- and holy water and all this other stuff that they blessed. You don't find any of it in the Word of God. None of it. It's all a bunch of garbage. If there's healing, do you believe in healing? I do. I absolutely believe in healing. But let me tell you something about healing. Healing belongs to Christ. It's God that heals. Not man. And so, 
We take the Word of God, we study the Word of God so that we might know the Word of God, so that we might be uh, able to be uh, uh, defensive when it comes uh, to false teachers uh, and false preachers. And, and so we've got uh, uh, Colossians chapter number 1 and verse number 10, study the Word of God. Number 2, stay in the will of God. Uh, we, don't, we don't even have time to go into all these, but if you'll go over to Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1 just absolutely spells it out for us. Colossians chapter number 1 and verse, uh, verse number 9. Look at these verses. He says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and do desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will, and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord, unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. So let me tell you what God wants. God wants you to stay in His will. Do you know how easy it is to get out of the will of God? You don't have to go far to ask somebody. God has revealed His will to you in your life. You better stay there. You better be careful stepping outside the will of God. Let me tell you, there's a lot of, a lot of comes to the will of God. We don't have time this morning to go into it all. But listen. There are things that God has prescribed for your life. You better walk in them. God wants you here at this church. You better stay here at this church. God wants this relationship. You better stay in that relationship. God wants this for your life. Then you better be sensitive to what God wants for your life. And I'm telling you, one of the most dangerous places for a Christian to be is outside the will of God. It's a dangerous place to be. And so we've got to know God's will. If we don't know God's will, then we're never going to follow God's will. But when we know God's will, then we must follow God's word. So we need to study the word of God, stay in the will of God, and then we need to step in the work of God. Amen. Step in the work of God. Look with me in verse uh, back in Colossians 1, in verse number 11. Strengthened with all might according to His glorious power. And all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. What do we need to be doing? We need to be busy. There's no room for laziness in the Christian life. There's no room for cheerleaders in the Christian life. We need to get busy about... What does God want you to do? Now, I don't know. I don't, I don't know directly what that is. I know that God wants me to pastor. He wants me to preach. I know that for my life. But he may not know, he, or, or, that may not be for your life. But I can tell you what is for your life. What is for your life is God desires for you to serve him. He desires it. He only desires it, he commands it. It is God's will that we serve him with our lives. Not with our leftovers, but with our first fruits. That's what God wants. That's what God desires. And we need to step in the right direction. It's hard to step that way unless you forget those things which are behind. Forget those things which are behind and then we reach forward. Excited about another day. Excited about another opportunity. Excited about being a Christian. Excited about going into a place and, and being an example of the believer. I just... I just emailed somebody the other day and they were thanking me for something and I, and, I, and, I, and I made this statement and I don't make this statement very often. 
I say, well, I want to thank you for being an example of the believer. Isn't that what we're called to be? Aren't we called to be an example of the believers? I mean, God desires for us to serve Him. But we're too busy serving ourselves. We're too busy serving our own ambitions. We need to let go. We need to let go of those things. We need to let go of this world. We need to let go of our past. We need to let go, let go, let go, and let God. And when you let God, He can do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Let's bow our heads for prayer. This morning our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Maybe you're watching this morning by live stream and you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Can I tell you this morning that God loves you? I mean, God loves you supremely. God loves you sacrificially. Jesus Christ came. And He died upon an old rugged cross. And He died on that cross, not for His sin. He was without sin. He died on that cross for your sin and mine. And because He died on that cross and was buried and, praise God, rose again the third day, and the Bible says He's at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and for me. And Jesus Christ wants to reconcile you with the Father. But He's the way. He's the only way. He's the mediator. He's the only mediator. The only way for you to get to God is through the Son. And the Son is defined in the Word of God. The Son is Jesus Christ. Have you placed your faith and trust in Him? You say, preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure if I'd die right now, I'd go to heaven to be with God, and I'm concerned about that. Would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up this morning, right back down, i pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to make a speech. I'm not going to embarrass you anyway. I just want to pray for you by need. I'm not sure about my salvation, preacher. Please remember me in your prayers, sir. One. Isn't it a great thing to be saved? Isn't it an awesome thing to know that our sins are forgiven? Let me tell you something, church. More than ever before, more than ever before, we need to get busy about things that are important. Not things that are frivolous, not things that are fleeting, but things that are important. We need to rearrange our priorities and realize only one life will soon be passed and only what's done for Christ will last. Let's stand together. Head bowed, eyes closed, instruments playing this morning. Hymn invitation. Can I invite you to come? Maybe you're, not, maybe you're already saved, but Lord, Lord's speaking to your heart about a certain thing in your life. Let me tell you something. You better get it taken care of. You better get it taken Stop procrastinating. Stop putting things off. The Spirit of God is speaking to you. Get it taken care of today. If you need to come, for whatever reason, as the instruments play this morning, you come.